I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The playoffs are here, and it's time to dissect the first-round matchups. I'm joined this episode with Miles Ehrlich, Windsider Liberty beat writer. It's time to break down the Chicago Sky versus the New York Liberty. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com if you're looking to get tickets for the WNBA playoffs thanks to our sponsor tick pick you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site an official ticketing partner of the defending WNBA champion chicago sky Use the link T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash Windsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. Speaking of our amazing staff that produces the amazing written content and sometimes the amazing TikTok content, uh, Miles, New York Liberty, Chicago Sky, the defending champions versus a Steph Dolson revenge team. I don't know. What's going on, man? What's going on? Great to talk to you, Arye. Yeah, it's a very, very exciting series. Steph Dolson has been somewhat in this position before. The Sky were, what, the sixth seed last year um, going into the postseason and then made a run. Um, But it's a very, very different team than the one she's on right now. And she's going up against now the defending champions, her former teammates in Chicago. It's it it, it has the the makings for, you know, uh, E60 or 30 for 30 depending on who wins, either way it does, right? Because this is a story of a Chicago Sky team that going into last year's playoffs, as you mentioned, before they make that epic championship run, they were a 500 team, you know? And and I think it really proved um, the idea that any given game, it's it's not any given Sunday, but any given game, you know, anybody can run away. And we always knew they had that strength. This year, they've just been on top of cloud nine, um, really running it. Are we going to see a repeat for the Chicago Sky or are we going to see a different team uh, with maybe some similarities in the regular season uh, push through and beat the top seeded team? I'm curious for you as you, you know, we know what happened in the regular season. I'm sure you can recap that a little bit. The Sky beat the Liberty three to one. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong at any point, obviously. Um, what, mm-hmm. So what far, did you so good. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the simple stats are always the hardest, right? Um Talk to me about what you saw in the regular season when these two teams match up, kind of what are the weaknesses, you know, what, what do you see by the style of play? What do you think the weaknesses are? Just, just give me an overview and I'll kind of uh, jump in and pick apart whatever you say. So the first matchup between the Liberty and the sky was one of the worst games for New York all season. It was the second game of the season. They had just come off of a shocking upset of the Connecticut sun opening night. And then the sky just demolished them. It was 83 to 50, I think was the final score. And it wasn't even that close. It was a game where the only double figure score for New York was Han Shu, who had 10 points off the bench. And what was at that point, it was surprising to see Han on the floor. Uh, But the other three games were much, much closer. There was one that the Liberty probably should have won where Sloot hit a game winning three with a second left uh, off a really nice 
pass, um, but some good post defense. And then there was a game that was a two point game until the last minute and a half. And Sloot again hit a big three to put Chicago up five and kind of pull that game away. That ended up being an eight point Chicago win after some free throws. And then there was a game where the Liberty won and the Liberty won by three, but it was a game that they almost very, very nearly gave away. And it was against the Chicago team that was had gotten there at noon for a seven o'clock game that night because they had played the day before and got stuck in the airport overnight. And I said that Courtney Vandersloot was instrumental in winning those other games. Sloot did not play in that game as well. So you could talk about, you know, how much that affected things. But Benajah Laney, who was, was the Liberty's lone all-star in 2021, missed all but that first terrible game, which was her season debut right before she got surgery uh, and missed a majority of the season. So for those matchups, you look at the one that was a blowout, but the other three have been really closely contested games. And to their credit, the Liberty, they've showed that they could beat any team. They could also lose to any team, but they did have a win against Chicago. They had a couple of wins against Connecticut. They were able to beat Vegas once. They beat the Mystics twice. So they have shown the ability on any given day to be able to hang with some of the the tougher teams in the league. I would say that they're almost like... I've said this all season long. The Liberty are an interesting team because it doesn't matter for the most part. And I would put my money down on this, even though we just talked about a blowout. But it doesn't matter what happens in the first three quarters. Around the five-minute mark in 95% of the Liberty games that I've watched, something's going to happen. Either the Liberty have a large lead and they're going to blow it and it becomes a game. Or the other team has a large lead and the Liberty make a crazy run and all of a sudden it's a super interesting game. Now, Sometimes they bring it within 10 and that lead does not disappear. Sometimes it goes down to a last minute or a last second play. Um, but on the flip side, the Chicago Sky are, are a similar team in the sense that they just allow teams to stick around while they've had a great season. And they, for a very long time, were top of the totem pole. You know, the one thing was it was more about them being clutch than playing perfect games. And you know, there's the old uh, cliche of, you know, great teams find ways to win. doesn't matter how you just find a way to win. But there is something to be said of like, you don't want every game to come down to the last possession. You don't want to have to win, you know, 10 of your X amount of games by a sli- like a, a, a lapsed defensive play or like a luck. You know what I mean? Just a lucky bounce. But on the other hand, the Liberty are that type of team that can can take advantage of those situations. You have Marine who can we just take a moment here and talk about this miles. Um, the form is weird. It's exciting. Uh, as, as somebody who spends a day job as a photographer, it makes me want to just like Photoshop her into a variety of different things because why is she so like for people who don't know what I'm talking about, the way she shoots just coming off, like in motion, the kick up leg, the sh- falling to the side, it almost looks like a wide receiver catching like a diving midair pass. Yeah, yeah. So Andrea Carter on one of the Liberty broadcasts earlier this season made a comparison that I haven't heard topped yet, where she said Marine almost plays like she's underwater. She's just her game is so fluid and so smooth and the, the comparison that I've made, which I don't think is nearly as good, but she reminds me of a quarterback, a modern day NFL quarterback who breaks the pocket and is really, really good when she's on the run and when she's moving and when she's improvising. But 
doesn't necessarily like she is not a typical point guard. She's not someone that you want walking up the court and having the ball. She's someone you want to get the ball on the move because then people have to keep track of her. And she's always looking for what the next the next step is. And she's always a step or two ahead of opponents and sometimes her own teammates who aren't expecting some of the the angles. Um, But yeah, she's aspirational and she is (laughs) exciting to watch. Her best shot in in my mind is the uh, catching the ball coming left and then like moving left while she shoots a three from the left wing. That seems to be the shot that she hits most consistently. Um, And she's just such an exciting player. Her, her layup package is a lot of fun. She loves weird angled passes. She loves one arm passes. She loves to leave her feet and throw bounce passes. She knows how to contort her body to find passing angles that are not otherwise there. Uh, and I think that this is a perfect team for her because Sabrina doesn't have that athleticism, but she does have that vision. And she also loves to make those those passes in tight windows. So with Marine coming over a couple of months into the season, these players were already ready for a for a passer that was less conventional than what you'll normally get. And um, we saw that. I think a part of Sabrina's turnovers coming down is that players expect her to be looking for the leak outs now and are not running down uh, with one arm ahead of the pack because they know that Sabrina's going to find them. And Marine is very much cut from that same cloth. It's, it's pretty fun to watch them play basketball. I wish Chelsea Gray was on that team. It would just be uh, Harlem Globetrotter style. No one would ever shoot, right? <laughs> right, Chelsea. right. Yeah, but you know what? Like somehow they would still score an insane amount of points. It was I, I saw like a TikTok of somebody doing like bounce pass buckets, um, and it would basically be that they wouldn't shoot the ball. They would just like do insane behind the back passes that like bounce and go in. Um, well, let's talk about it from a, a simplistic view, right? Offense, so. Uh, the Liberty offense or the Chicago Sky offense? Where do you think uh, favor lies on that? I mean, obviously, Chicago Sky are one of the more prolific offenses, but their defense has stepped up too this year. Where where do you think the Chicago Sky have the advantage and where do you think uh, the New York Liberty have the advantage? So the Chicago Sky led the league in field goal percentage and were second in scoring. So they are a very very just like cohesive offensive machine they are a veteran team they make all the right plays they shot 48.1 percent from the floor and for context second place was nearly two percentage points behind them and that was the connecticut sun who are a team that mostly stay inside the paint uh meanwhile the liberty are all the way down at ninth at 43.1 percent but where the Liberty's advantage is, is beyond the arc. So they led the league for the second straight year in three-point makes. Um, and we're fourth in three-point percentage, which is, you know, it's not like they're just hoisting them up without actually connecting. Um, but they made close to 10 threes a night, 9.7 threes a night. And for for the most part this season, for the Liberty to stay in games, they have been one of those live by the three, die by the three teams. They... I think that was what to me was the most impressive part of their win against Atlanta. Uh, not on the last day of the season where they did have one of their, they did have one of their like exciting three point games. Um, but the game before that in Atlanta, the dream sold out to stop them from shooting the three 
and the Liberty shot just four of 16 that day. Four was tied for second lowest. 16 were tied for second fewest attempts on their season. Uh, and they still found a way to win. They found a way to win in the paint. That's going to be a lot tougher, I think, when you're looking at a Candace Parker and an Emma Misaman and an Azare Stevens and just the, the front court depth that the sky have. And I think that that's going to be the, the toughest thing for the Liberty to try to exploit is is that front court mismatch. Well, I think it comes down to, uh, I'm not going to bury the lead, but the 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 bigs on New York. What, mm-hmm. How are they going to play? Where, where is this going to happen? And maybe it's, would you agree with me in saying that it's more important for the bigs on New York to have an emphasis emphasis on defense in this series than on offense? I think all year they say that <laughs> these bigs <laughs> are defensively minded uh Steph Dolson is a player that oftentimes does stuff that does not show up on the stat sheet and that's become very true on this New York team in particular because so much of how New York finds success is in getting Sabrina Ionescu open and nobody is bigger for that than Steph Dolson it's it's really Steph Dolson and Crystal Dangerfield it's Crystal being out on the floor and cutting and moving and making sure that the defense has to stay real honest. quick, real quick. Shout out to Crystal Dangerfield. Oh, because, absolutely. I mean, what a season. Sorry, yeah. continue. No, no, I, I was just going to heap more praise on her because she's someone else like Steph who doesn't necessarily always show up in the stat sheet, um, but she's always moving. She's always cutting. There is no defensive assignment that she won't take on. Uh, and it really helps to complement whatever, Whatever New York needs, whatever Sabrina Ionescu needs in order to find open spaces, it comes because Crystal is doing a lot of the the nitty gritty dirty work. And Steph is too. Steph is often the one that's setting the the weak side screen. So it's not even the actions that you're going to be seeing at the top of the key a lot of the time. But Steph will be making sure that Sabrina can come around a curl and, and get a little bit of separation because that's not her strength is not her separation, right? It's her, it's her shot making, it's her vision. Um, but she's not the quickest, she's not the most athletic player on the floor. Uh, and I think that that's something that Sandy Brondello has done really well and has game planned is for Sabrina to be successful for the team to be successful. Sabrina needs to be successful and for her to be successful. She needs to be, uh, getting into spots that are more comfortable for her. And that's definitely a big transition from, her first couple of years in the league and this season. I completely agree with that. And uh, I, I just want to say I, I went into this episode saying I'm not going to do any Steph Dolson bashing. Um, I'm going to let the series speak for itself. So shout out to uh, kicks queen on our playbacks. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of join us for our next watch party on playback for the playoffs. We'll be doing one for the, the games on Wednesday night and probably I would assume um, if we have enough fun and we're not too hungover, we'll be doing one uh, for the ones on Thursday night, too. And definitely some more during the season or the sorry, the playoffs. Uh, I'm still adjusting to the playoffs. Getplayback.com backslash room backslash Winsider. That's getplayback.com backslash room backslash Winsider. We do fun giveaways uh, with trivia questions. It's always a good time. And uh, we bring on elite basketball minds like Miles and Rachel and Owen, and Jasmine and a variety of others, uh, and sometimes former players, to discuss the game, see what's happening. All right, let's 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 break it down. Um, what needs to happen, right? Because I think going into this, most people give 
the uh, Chicago Sky probably the the favor, the odds for taking this series. If people haven't figured out already, um, I'm interviewing the bottom seeded teams, uh, media members for, who cover the bottom seeded teams because I feel like, you know, especially in WNBA media, because it's not as limited as it used to be. We've seen a lot of people pop up, and that's amazing. But the mainstream outlets um, and a lot of people are going to be really easily pulled in to talk about the top dogs, Las Vegas Aces, the Chicago Sky, um, you know, Seattle and Connecticut. But I want to give a little bit of uh, love and respect to these bottom seeded teams. So, Miles, what? Let's start off this way. What needs to happen for New York to win? Not just one game, because if you ask me, like based on what we talked about in the first segment, um, it's pretty easy to understand how New York could steal one game, right? It comes down to New York is the type of team that sticks around in games, and Chicago is the type of team that allows, to a fault, uh, opponents to stick around in games. And when you have players like Marine, when you have players uh, like uh, uh, like Sabrina, um, and you know what, I'll even say this, I'll, I'll say a compliment for Dolson. Dolson has come up clutch in key moments, even when not having the greatest of games uh, in her career. So I, I'll give respect to that. Shout out to the finals last year. Um, what needs to happen for the Liberty to pull off two victories, not just one in this series and, and, and move on to the next round. So it starts in the first quarter. It starts right off the opening tip. And that's been a struggle consistently for the Liberty this season. They rank 10th in terms of plus minus in first quarters. They're minus 2.1 per game, whereas Chicago ranked second at plus 2.8 per game. So Chicago starts really well, and the Liberty typically start very slowly, and they often find themselves in in double-digit holes, especially later in the season. Uh, just a couple of hours ago, media spoke to Benajelani and Steph Dolson, and Steph was asked about how to match Chicago's intensity, and, and she said... This is playoff time. There have been a couple of games we've gotten down early and had to climb back, but this is something we can't do against Chicago. If we have issues matching their energy, we shouldn't be here. And that was similar to something that um, Sandy Brandello said the other day. You just like were ready with that quote, and I love it. Sorry, continue. (laughs) No, it was just something very similar to what Sandy Brandello said going into the last game. And she was like, if these players aren't going to want it for this, this Atlanta series, which is basically a playoff series already, like... There's nothing I could coach about them. And, and sure enough, these these last couple of games, the Liberty have gotten off to good starts against Atlanta. Part of it comes off of some incredible efforts like Marine Johannes coming in with the Liberty down nine or something like that, 13 to four early in the last game of the season, and then hitting four threes in the first quarter to propel, to propel the Liberty to a lead at the end of the first quarter. Um, but that I think that it's their depth. It's New York's depth that has been talked about all season but not available because of a lot of the injuries that they've they've suffered throughout the season so for the first time they've they've had i think three games now this season where they had clean injury reports and uh it's happening they're getting healthy at the right time it's benajelani is back and looking more and more comfortable each game and she's now been slotted back into the starting lineup for the last two games Um, and just looks more comfortable and what she brings them is just somebody who can go get a bucket right she's someone who can create her own shot she can take a an open shot in the corner but she can also take you off the dribble she can back you down there's just so much versatility 
to what Benajelani does, and I, I talked about it a little bit in the article that Danny Barlavi and I did previewing this series. There was a fantastic quote from Shameless Sammy plug is on Winsider.com. Yep, Check on Winsider.com. Um, but just how important Benaj has been. But I really think that the most important uh, component for the Liberty is to get consistency from the bench. Uh, they finished fourth in the W with 23.8 points off the bench. But in that in that uh, Atlanta game that I talked about where they only had four threes as a team, in the first half of that game, they got only nine points from their starters, but their bench kept them in it, outscoring Atlanta's bench 29 to four in the first half and then finished with 50 points on the night. Uh, so if the Liberty can get that kind of production from the from the players it doesn't have to be the same player every night it could be marine it could be han one night it could be sammy whitcomb hitting four threes on another night they have the depth they've got beck allen now coming off the bench so you've got uh, the wing defender and benajelani with the starting five then you have beck allen and if you need to go deeper than that you've got jocelyn willoughby or you've got Didi richards you've got michaela on michaela onion they have a lot of pieces and I think that we've talked all season about how Chicago of the elite teams has the most depth because they were able to win a championship last year and then somehow build a stronger roster after that. Uh, but New York is a team that I think has a very underrated second unit. And for for them to be able to turn to a lot of players that can get hot at any time, if the starters are not playing well or showing that energy off the opening tip. That's what I think could help the Liberty steal a game or maybe even potentially steal the series. I love the insight. I love the takes. Um, I, I think it's going to be a fun series. One of the more, right. There's a, a few series, I think, well, let's just be blunt. The Phoenix uh, Vegas series doesn't seem like it's uh, going to be the most exciting of series um, but I think this one really could be a, a highlight series that's going to have a lot of ridiculous uh, clips, a lot of ridiculous takes, um, and just great. Like, who do you remember last playoffs? How mm-hmm. how much the excitement, the fun? Um, oh, but wait, wait, real quick. Do you agree with me on my five minute take for on the Liberty, or is it just outlandish? Is it one of my crazy takes, or is maybe there a little bit something there? Uh, there's, I definitely agree with it, but I would, I think you were probably a little bit kinder about it than I would have been. I think okay. that the Liberty have given away a lot more games than they've worked back into in fourth quarters. And that has gotten better as the seasons progressed, but there are a whole bunch of games this season where they were up going into those last five, a whole lot more than they were up going into those last five and, and coughed up a lead. than there were games that they were down going into the last five and were able to, to pull it out. Um, so yeah, while Chicago lets teams hang around the Liberty do that as well, just without the same level of, of consistency that Chicago has shown in, pulling out those those clutch moment victories i like it and i like that uh you didn't tell me i'm crazy key players for each team i'm gonna say the possibly the two like we everyone knows about candace parker right everyone knows about kalia copper um everyone knows about vandersloot like the chicago team is ridiculous in a plethora of ways but i think emma meeseman is kind of the glue when they need she's not gonna be making the sports center top 10 reel right um, but what she is going to do 
is consistency and fill in the gaps when Candace is struggling, who, which by the way, talk about a resurgence of a career since leaving LA. Um, but she still does struggle at times. Courtney Vandersloot struggles at times. Also, you know, teams zone in on her, uh, Allie Quigley, this has not been her finest of years, even though all hail the three-point queen. Um, but Emma Mieseman, I feel like, has really slipped under the radar. And honestly, I'll just say it, she's looking to take a, a second finals MVP award. So for me in this series, and possibly for the whole playoffs, it's Emma Mieseman. That's my key player. And then for New York, it's another player we really haven't talked about, Natasha Howard. Um, there's a lot that I'm sure you could you could give insight into into what's been working for Howard this season what hasn't been I know the injuries um but I feel like the matchup style is going to require a lot Natasha Howard is an elite defender at times yes she struggled at times um but Natasha Howard can can be somebody who truly can be the x factor because you know we off air we talked about Han and like you know could she be an impact player for the whole series? I think we questioned that, but I think we both also kind of agreed that Han could be an impact player and a very key special player for a game. But I feel like they're going to need the same, the same things that I talked about with Emma, they're going to need from Natasha Howard, less of a burden on her. But when you look at some of the players on Chicago that people in New York are going to have to step up defensively, I think Natasha Howard has to be up there, if not the number one, if not the number two player on that list. Uh, who are your key players? And and feel free to tell me I'm wrong, crazy, or, or in between. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say that you were spot on with with Tosh. She is she is their glue. She is their defensive anchor. And whenever she's off the floor, you can see a really stark um, contrast from when she's on because. It's it's not her on-ball defense that's most impressive, but it's her instincts off the ball. She's always in the right place. She's when when they need to because the Liberty are an undersized team. When they need to bring a double team, Tosh does that better than anyone else. She she times it. She's she's got very quick hands um and she's just instinctual in a way that a lot of players aren't. They have some really good on-ball defenders, but if they're getting beat at the point of attack, and when you're looking at a team that's got Courtney Vandersloot, who can, you know, keep the ball on a string forever, or you've got Kalia Copper, who is so good at playing downhill, there are going to be lots of moments where the Liberty will get beat on the perimeter. And Natasha Howard is absolutely an X factor in protecting the rim or in stepping up and just forcing the next action. She's also someone who can get out to shooters. And so she can make rotations. She always knows where she's supposed to be. Uh, and I think that's that sometimes gets lost when you see her isolated one on one in post defense because she is undersized for playing the four or playing the five, whatever you know positions don't matter. But it's her help defense you that's and Chris, really important. You and Chris, positions don't matter. No, I, I <laughs> um, but no, my my keys my keys for the game uh, for the series for on the Chicago side, I'm going with Rebecca Gardner because Rebecca Gardner is first of all just had an incredible season as a rookie her season debut was in the second game of the season against the liberty and it was immediate in the first quarter how quick her first step was and she's a player that when sabrina does have off games she she responds well to to pressure 
when there are people playing physical with her. What she doesn't always respond as well to is someone who's is down to say, I'm just going to stay on you all night. I'm going to stick to you. You could be on the far side of the floor. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm picking you up at 94 feet and I'm just going to be in your ear the entire way up and down the court. And Rebecca Gardner has that kind of motor. So if the sky are going to slow Sabrina down, Rebecca Gardner is going to be a big part of that. Uh, and I really hope that we see her on the all rookie team. I've even heard talk of her be making maybe the second defensive team. And it's just whatever it is, that's a high praise for a 32 year old, I believe 32 year old rookie. And then on New York side, I'm going to go back to Maureen Johannes because she's a very streaky player. A lot of the conversations that we've had that I've had with Sandy Brondello this season and since Maureen came over have just been about keeping her confident. And you you kind of see that in her game log. In her last 10, she's had five games that are 10 or more points, 12 or more points. And she's also had a couple of games where she had zero points. And you can tell pretty quickly when she gets out there if she's going to have a good game or a bad game, if she's feeling confident or if she's not. And it's huge when she's on because she can hit you four or five last game of the season, six threes in a night. Um, but if she doesn't have it, then the team just doesn't have that same kind of fluidity, that same kind of dynamic offensive, just they, they just, there's just no let up when, when Marine is on her game because she just opens up the floor for everybody. You don't know if she's going to shoot. You don't know if she's going to drive. You don't know if she's going to pass and uh, they're, they're much better for it. So if they can get, a couple of consistent performances out of that, out of her that could go a long way towards putting pressure on Chicago because they won't be able to keep their starters off the floor for too long. Uh, final predictions. I already said, so I'm, I, I'm a firm believer and I can adjust my predictions at any point until the first game tips just because, Hey, you know, like things, things change like the betting line changes. Um, but I did earlier on a podcast with Rachel say, I have the sky two Oh, um, what what do you think? I, I I fully I fully believe that that the Liberty can still win. I think it's a tall task uh, to see them take the series. But uh, give me a prediction here. Uh, well, we talked about this before we started airing, but Dano Mattia from her hoop stats had a really interesting stat about how the Liberty play on weekends. They were just four and seven on Saturday Sunday games, but zero and seven on the road and minus eighty three in those seven losses. And in games that start earlier than 2 p.m., like Saturday's game is supposed to, game two is supposed to, the Liberty are 0-4 and, and minus 71 in those four games. Uh, so game two is really scary to me. I think uh, for New York to come out and have a chance to bring this back to Brooklyn, game one on Wednesday night is going to be super, super important. Um, my bias, obviously, being in the New York market is I want there to be at least a game three, because I think with the Liberty switching ownership after James Dolan basically threw them away and they were up in Westchester, they lost a lot of a lot of fans. They lost a lot of trust in the organization and they've been trying to build back up. And they have been throughout last season, first with COVID restrictions that were limiting the size of the capacity at Barclays Center. But even through this season, we've seen substantial growth. And I think to take that next step, they need to host a playoff game. So for that reason alone, I'm saying I want this to go three. 
And I've got Chicago pulling it out just because they are the more experienced team. They are the defending champions. And there's a reason that they are the two seed and that the Liberty are the seventh seed. Um, but again, the New York is a team that can beat somebody on any given night. And I do trust Sandy Brondello to make adjustments game to game. So I, I think this will be a series and I just really hope that it is an exciting one because it has the potential to be one of the most exciting series we could see, not just in this round, but throughout the playoffs. If these teams come out offensively firing. I agree. I mean, maybe a little bit, a little bit of a, what were you, wait, sorry. I was going to call you out. Someone was tweeting at you today. Uh, what, what was the tweet that they had? They're coming at your bias, man. That, well, yeah, they said I was biased in favor of Chicago uh, because in that article that uh, Danny and I put together, I did say that there might that there should probably be an asterisk on the Liberty win against the Sky because of the travel difficulties they'd had, and I was told that I was biased towards Chicago, which is the first time Ooh, that you I've, got called I've heard out. That. No, it's the first time. <laughs> I always worry. Maybe I overcorrect because I don't want to be too New York biased. But no, I'm I always I hear myself talk and I'm like, yep, that guy only cares about the Liberty and no one else. So sure, I'll take the Chicago bias if that if that makes people feel better. I love it. Well, we've all been there. Uh, Miles, you'll be hopping on for a first stream or two, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if you're there, like any game, yeah. How could all of our listeners not be there? Be there or Miles will never forgive you. There, I said it. 